Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hello guys, Thursday night again. Hope you're well. Marco O'Hare here from We Love Betting to try and steer the ship towards the weekend value in the best bets from the Premier League and beyond. And with me, as ever, to discuss all the odds, all the lines and the markets is my main man, Tom Love. How's it going, Tom? Yeah, very well, thank you, Mark. Um, looking forward to this weekend, some massive games, obviously two big derbies that we're going to be touching on. Um, so hopefully plenty to get our teeth stuck into. Yeah, good stuff. And also with us, as ever, is Mr William Dyer. Will, hope things are good your end. Unfortunately, the NAP winning streak came to an end last weekend. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, went behind too early, I think, Hull. And just, I don't know, maybe I was a bit too... Uh to anti-Oxford with that. I did I did say maybe I'm betting with my heart and uh, could could be my downfall in that one. Um, otherwise, all good. Just mm. you know, it snowed in trying to catch up with uh, midweek football highlights because I've been miss- I feel like I've missed most of the Champions League for weeks on end because it's just never-ending stream of football. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We've also got a midweek of Premier League to come as well. So just when I thought we might have a bit of a... A week off midweek, if you like. Uh, it's not the case. So we've got to wait another week for a bit of a breather. But we won't complain because football is football and we all love it. So um, before we do begin, just wanted to make you, the listeners, aware that um, since the start of the season, really, there has been a private member service that Tom and I run. It's called WLB Gold. We've had a bit of a revamp, had a bit of a refresh at the beginning of this month. Uh, we both now own our own channels under the same umbrella. Uh, and since we've made the changes, we've started to return some really good results, almost 30 units profit, over 30% ROI at the time of recording too. Uh, and we'd love you to come and have a go, uh, give us a try. Uh, so throughout December, we're giving away a 30-day th- 30 free trial of the service. Uh, so just head to the We Love Betting website or check out our Twitter page for details or just DM Tom or myself. Uh, you've got till the end of the month to sign up and you'll get 30 days for free. As we approach what is quite a hectic festive period, uh, as I say, we're both in a bit of form at the moment, so a good time to come and try things out uh, and do let us know what you think. Um, right, sales out of the way, let's move on to the games. Um, I'm going to jump straight into the Premier League match of the weekend, which, as Tom sort of alluded to, is a derby Saturday evening from Old Trafford. It's the Manchester derby. Uh, United, around 7-2 to two to win this game, 4.5 in decimals. City, 4-5, to five, that's about 1.8. Uh, the narrative here is is very anti-United uh, after what we've seen in midweek. Um, Solskjaer, though, does tend to pull out a bit of a rabbit from his hat now and again, especially when he's under fire, especially when he's favourite in the sack race. Uh, and quite often, Man City have been the victims. Um, I have to say, I do feel City are slightly short. Uh, it's the shortest price away at Old Trafford in the Pep era in the Premier League. Um, and I'm not sure they're quite the same team uh, as when they won the title, obviously getting there a little bit at least. So saying that, I wouldn't want to oppose City either. Um, so I've kind of dug around myself and thought the 4-5 to five on Man City double chance and under three and a half goals, basically the same price on City to win, uh, was the most appealing play to me. We're basically getting the 0-0, the 1-1 on side, as well as the 1-0, 2-0 and 2-1 away wins. Uh, I think this could be attack against defence, knowing how United do set up in these kind of games. And I just wonder whether that defence is strong enough to hold City out. Certainly recent evidence suggests not, um, if you take the first 45 minutes in Leipzig as an example. But uh, I'm going to hand over to Tom now, um, who I think has got sort of opposing views to me in terms of price. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, What's your play on the Manchester derby, mate? Yeah, I actually think that Man City are a fair four to four to five shots here to be honest mate i think that you've got to factor a lot of different things into this price obviously i was surprised to know that 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 is the shortest price the pep team has gone to trafford with Uh, considering city haven't been in remarkable form especially going forward this season that will surprise a few but you just got to think they they got their job done early doors in the Champions League. They rested and rotated in midweek and still ended up 3-0 winners against Marseille. Yeah, De Bruyne, Jesus, Aguero, Sterling, Stones, Diaz, Cancelo, um, Edison were all dropped for that game or at least didn't start the game. So they should be pretty fresh here. 
Um, and they were just at the Etihad. They didn't have to do any travelling, which is something that is going to be even more of a disruption for teams in this day and age. And obviously United and the east of Germany, it's a, it's a decent enough trip. And they played a full-strength side, a really intense game that it will have taken a lot of, it will have taken a lot out of them physically and emotionally, I'd have thought. So I can understand why United uh, are a big price here. Look at their home form as well. They, they even struggle past West Brom. Um, they're just not winning enough games, especially at Old Trafford. So I can understand the City price. And I've just been kind of looking at their data as well. And it, it has improved a lot in the last couple of um, weeks. I know kind of in the, in the first month of the season, they were kind of mid-table even on the data. But they're really showing signs of life now. Defensively, they've been really good too, conceding less than one expected goals per game. They're starting to click a bit more up front now. They've got both Jesus and Aguero back fit. Um, they've been really strong at the back as well. I think it's uh, about seven, seven or eight clean sheets in the last ten in all comps. So if you're keeping clean sheets, you've got a great chance of winning and I can understand why the traders are pricing them up at around four to five here, and I actually think that that's a bet. Um, I'd, I'd have expected them to be more like seven to ten, to be honest. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the market does from now. Obviously, a lot of people will have got involved opposing United after that Leipzig defeat, um, but they do usually see quite a lot of money, um, whether that's from just loyal fans or people backing the name still. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Man City are, are a fine bet at 4-5. to five. Um, And United tend to do all right in this fixture. Mainly at the end, kind of sit back and soak up possession and nothing's really expected of them. They're probably expected by a few now to get something out of this game. And I think that that could be their downfall. Uh, so, yeah, I think that Man City are fine at 4-5 to five with Unibet. Um, I probably wouldn't take them any shorter than that, uh, just from like, a value perspective. But I, I've, I'm much more comfortable backing them now than I was kind of a month ago. So, yeah, I like City. Um, I'm just going to go into the props market as well. And it'll be interesting to see what Pep does with his formation here, he tended to just go with one holding midfielder in the last couple of seasons, um, but he's kind of opted for a double pivot in there quite a bit this season and towards the end of last season with Rodri and Gundogan in the bigger games. If they do play both of them um, and play De Bruyne a bit further forward, which I do expect, I think that there's a bit more onus on the fullbacks to get forward. And Kyle Walker has been a feature of that. Um, him and Cancelo are probably going to start on the um, as kind of wing backs, really. And Walker's been getting involved um, with kind of get, getting some shots off. He's actually had um, at least one shot in six of his nine starts in the Premier League this season. So he's obviously not afraid to pull the trigger. I've seen him kind of when. Um, Balls come out from corners as well. He's always kind of there, whether he's going to cross it or shoot. All of his shots have been outside the box as well, which is quite interesting. But I did see him against Marseille get into the box quite a few times at the back post. Um, so I like him to have a shot here in this game. He's actually 13-10 to 10 with Coral, just to have one shot. Doesn't matter if that's blocked, goes wide, um, goes in, whatever, as long as he actually pulls the trigger. 13 to 10 looks very generous, I thought, for a player that's landed that in six of his nine. Um, he also had a shot against Marseille midweek. So I think um, he, he could be a really dangerous player for Man City here, uh, kind of back to his best as well. So I was expecting kind of even money on that. Um, he, he is around even money in a few other places, but Coral and Ladbrokes are best price at 13 to 10. Um, and if you want a bit of a bigger price, I'm not going to take it myself, but he's 13-8 to eight for a shot outside the box. And as I mentioned, all of his shots this season have been from outside the box. So um, if you want a bit more bang for your buck, take that. But I'm more than happy with a 13-10. to 10. So yeah, I like City at 4-5, to five, but 
Walker stands out from a shot perspective at a low line and a decent price. Yeah, some very good points there. Well made, Tom, about uh, supporting City at the price. Uh, two plays proposed, City to win uh, and Carl Walker to have a shot. Uh, over to you then, Will. What have you got for us to tuck into in the Manchester derby? Yeah, um, just kind of in agreement with a lot of the rhetoric around this around this uh, this tie this weekend about obviously the the Champions League exit, the fact that Oli tends to pull a pull a result out of the bag in these kind of situations, and then obviously also the the, the strange dominance that um, that Man United have had over City despite. Um, City's actual dominance of the Premier League in the, in the last... It's the record reads since 2010 in this fixture. 15 wins to United, three draws, and, and an, only 13 wins to City, which you clearly expect to be a lot... It's a lot Weird. more swayed towards City. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah, like this season, or last season, sorry, they United won at 4-1 to one and 8-1. to one. Um, well, They've won three of the last four. Um, both of those games this year were uh, clean sheets as well. So... Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with Tom around the um, City favouritism as well. I'm not not sure I'd be backing them at the price as well. I think I'd want to boost it with something else. Um, but I, the other thing that everyone kind of has consensus has been around is this um, slow start from United um, with a rally in the second half. It happened again in midweek. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they really couldn't deal with Angelino. Which we are, I was very annoyed after we we tipped him up to score against Bayern, but he, he mm. went and didn't, and then went and scored against United. But um, yeah, they, again they went behind there. They looked awful, um, and then things changed in the second half. And uh, my main my main bet for this tie, I think, will be um, I just thought about how can we how can we support that. I don't want to go on a risky sort of United to win from behind. That's usually around sort of. 10 to 1 probably even bigger for this match um because of how much better opposition city are but i do like uh the 5 to 2 for over 0 0.5 first half goals for city and over 0 0.5 second half goals for united um at william hill so we know um i mean i think this bet would have won in 7 of 10 um united games this season so they've conceded the first goal in 7 of their 10 premier league games this season but then they've gone and won the second half in six out of ten. And I think they've scored in uh, seven as well, out of ten in the second half. So um, the stats kind of support that one. And I, ex I do expect City to, you know, they had, a, had an easier tie against Marseille than United did. United are without Cavani and Martial. Um, just probably slightly more exertions really on their squad for um, than City have had. It looks like they might bring in Juan Mata. Um and maybe some other changes to the to the side slightly. Um, I can't remember who else it was that I thought may start, but Tellez could even be sort of left wing again as an option, um, like he, he was with against Leipzig. Um, and then other angles, um, it's Chris Kavanagh again. I feel like he's always in charge of these big ties. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's he's given each side a card in 14 of his last 20. Um, so that's perhaps, yeah, one for the bet builders as well. Um, to kind of boost boost the price, obviously being a derby as well. Um, and yeah, uh, I also I looked at I looked at the um, top scorers in the Premier League at the moment. Um, and of the ten of the current top sixteen um, in the Premier League, uh, it, ten of those top scorers um, are English, which I found quite surprising. That's a bit of a change in um, it compared to previous seasons. Um, but none of those play for United or City. Um, and the only player in their top 16 scorers in the league at the moment with four or more goals um, out of these two clubs is Bruno Fernandes. Um, he's now got 23 goals in 39 games for United. Um, obviously, Crazy. a lot of these... Yeah, obviously, a lot of these are penalties. But he's also dangerous from free kicks. He hit the bar against Leipzig. He, he, made, he made them work a fair bit um, from, from range as well. I, I mean, the problem with um, Chris Kavanagh is he's the lowest uh, penalties per game in the league. But I, I wouldn't be afraid to get involved at, with Fernandez to score any time at five to two as well. Um, that's just a general price available. And that's the kind of market as well. That was boosted in midweek by William Hill um, for him to score against Leipzig. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone boosted that again. So anything even beyond five to two is definitely a play for me as well. 
And then one more interesting uh, angle for me. Not don't usually throw up free things, but um, just with Harry Maguire's awful turn of pace against uh, <laughs> uh, some of these tricky City players, um, he's he's carded in twenty percent of his games. So one in uh, one in five. Um, which would suggest that the three to one on him to get a card at Bet Victor and eight 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 Sport is not value, but obviously this is a derby. And I looked at um, I looked at Harry Maguire's career, and he's played. He started against City twelve times, and he's been carded in seven of those games for Hull, Leicester, wow. or United. Um, it's just the kind of, and obviously he's you know this is a derby now as well, so. I think that's the kind of quality of opponent that he's up against. He he's more prepared to do some do some roughing or some kind of pullbacks and and that kind of behaviour. If United do take the lead, that I definitely see this having having uh, having legs. Um, so at three to one, it's it's a bit bigger than it is with a few other bookies. Um, I probably wouldn't back it much shorter than three to one, but yeah, at, at the moment as well, at Bet Victor and eight eight eight, I quite like that. Nice one. So we got Maguire to be carded, Bruno to score. And what was the bet builder again? Yeah, the first one was um, City to score in the first half and United to score in the second half at 5-2 to two with William Hill. OK, great stuff. Uh, OK, let's go to Europe now. Uh, Tom put out his regular poll on Wednesday to see which game he wanted us to cover. And the Madrid derby was a overwhelming winner. Uh, that features on Saturday night in the Spanish capital, Real Madrid, just shy of 6-4. to four. They're 2.45. Atletico were around 2-1 to one to triumph. Uh, I'm expecting a bit of a tight encounter here. Both teams involved in quite uh, important Champions League games on Wednesday. I think uh, protection and maybe even preservation is almost the game, name of the game here. Both know the repercussions of defeat could be quite key in the title race and Atletico's modus operandi really in these big games is to be defensive anyhow. Uh, you look at last season, they played each other three times, just the one goal in total. 12 of the last 17 have gone under two and a half. Uh, so that's my angle in. Uh, interestingly too, 21 Atletico's last 25 trips to top six finishers in La Liga also went under two and a half. But uh, I will also be having a, a quid on the nil-nil correct score at 17 to two. Uh, that's 9.5 in decimals. Uh, that's landed in five of those 17 head-to-heads I just mentioned. Uh, and actually 12 La Liga games this season have already ended nil-nil, which is the second most common correct score uh, in the Spanish top tier, which is really quite alarming, really. The goals have really dropped off in Spain. But uh, let's hand over to Will again. What's your thoughts on the Madrid derby? Sure, yeah. I've also noticed that um, over over goals or under goals, sorry, in Spain being particularly low. There's been many occasions sort of every every other week. I'm not sure if it's just to do with the, the, the type of sides as, at the moment in the league, but sort of Hitafe games or Valladolid games, they're, they're almost uh, two to one or more in some matches for over 2.5 goals, which is crazy, and but also reflective of, of actually what's happening as well. Um, I also think this could be a bit of a slow burner. We know what Atleti's game plan will be, don't we? Like as someone pointed out, a friend of the podcast pointed out on uh, on Twitter that um, La Liga, sorry, Atletico at evens to win La Liga, um, which is quite crazy after ten games. They do have a game in hand and and, and six points over Real and twelve points over Barca. Um, so you kind of think that. Simeone will take the the Mourinho approach here and and see a point gained against the title and local rival was a good result, especially at the Bernabeu. So um, I, I don't expect them to be expansive. Not that they ever really are, but it could well be. I, my my basically my approach on that is that um, I think Madrid are probably going to dominate the shot count, um, and I hope for your sake, Mark, that El Black is on form basically. Then um, uh, El Blackpus, he always is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. Um, in midweek, um, I watched the whole match against Mönchengladbach, um, largely because I was on Real Madrid shots and I just wanted a bit of entertainment. Um, but they they were so they were they looked themselves again against Gladbach. It was largely Gladbach being really poor, <laughs> to be honest. But they did they didn't really do much at all. Um, and Madrid, Madrid were just passing it around them, and and they were. They're very direct when they get into the sort of the final third. Um, a couple occasions when they could have had a more more shots, and it was Vin- Vinicius Junior was through on goal and tried to pass it across to Benzema, and I, I couldn't really believe that there was only two goals in the end. But 
Um, they they ended up with 19 shots against Gladbach. Uh, Benzema had seven of them, um, which is quite impressive. And he's really not dropped at all for for his age. He's 33 next week, um, and with all the absence of kind of more star quality around him, he's I guess he's becoming more and more of the focal point. He would never have been getting that many shots off when Ronaldo was there. Um, so I looked at I looked at him um, from a shot perspective, and you can get. Uh, where's that price? Um, I'll go in. Yeah, you can get uh, seven to five on on Benzema to have four or more shots at Betfair Paddy Power. Uh, he's averaging over three a game, three point three in La Liga. Um, so that that was an option for me. But I I prefer Real Madrid basically to have um, thirteen or more shots is five to six at Betfair. And Paddy Power, um, they're averaging 17.5 across their last 12 meetings against Atleti. Um, so they've won the shot count in 10 of those last 12 um, by and by an aggregate total of 210 to 124, um, wow. which is yeah almost double. Um, and yeah, 13. I'm mean, in the league. They are already just about averaging over 13. But uh, so obviously against better quality opposition. Um, in Atleti, this might be a bit more difficult, but that head-to-head really kind of got me as well. Um, and despite being quite defensively sound, Atleti are only mid-table for shots conceded per 90. Um, so they're 11th. They, they concede just over 10 a game. Uh, so obviously Real are quite a bit um, more superior to the opposition that Atleti are playing against usually. Um so I, th- I think that's a really nice play, that five to six on 13 or more shots. And that's that's my main bet. Um, I think Atleti rode their luck again against Salzburg, really, uh, although they didn't need the victory. Um, Salzburg had 18 shots against them um, and who were obviously desperate to win. But uh, if that kind of quality of opposition as well can 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 have that many against them, I would be looking at some of the, some of the higher lines as well for a long shot. You can get almost like get like fourteen to one on uh, nineteen shots. I think it is for for Real, which is looks like quite a high price and something that depending on the state of the game, you know, if Atleti take a take a lead uh, clinical from set pieces again or something like they have been a lot this season then they'll probably dig in and, and invite Madrid on and knowing that they'd probably be able to deal with it. But um, it still should. That's that's probably my best angle, I think, uh, a shot, shot count, really, for Real Madrid. And Sergio Ramos is back. He might be one to look at for for shots um, as well. Shots on target, he's sort of just over evens, usually, for a shot on target. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of all I've, I looked at with this game. I just felt that that was the, the main... The main thing to have a look at, and, and just potentially to consider Madrid to to win La Liga as an anti-post, or maybe we're, we're mid-season now. But uh, they're eleven to four, which I think if they win this, you could expect those prices to almost flip. Maybe not fully flip, but Atleti would definitely move out quite a lot. And I, I pretty much think that Real may may be close to favourites within a couple of weeks if that result uh, if the result goes their way here. Um, and while I say they're eleven to four, with that's that price is available with eight 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 sport. They are only seven to four in places, so there's a bit of disagreement across across uh, bookies on that price. Yeah, I mean, if you are going to back Real Madrid to win the title, now is definitely the time before this match because, as Will says, if they do win, uh, that will crumble that price. But uh, yeah, really like that line actually, Will on on the shots. Great find that. Um, over to you then, Tom. Um, Madrid. I guess in many of their matches this season, mainly in La Liga, really, uh, they just haven't really looked arsed, have they? Um, but uh, they came to the party <laughs> in midweek. So uh, talk to me about your best bets for the derby. Yeah, they, they haven't looked arsed. I agree. I, I've not really been impressed whenever I've seen them play. Um, even in the games in the Champions League, they've managed to get through that group, but they've not they really... They very good at San Siro, in fairness, in, on match day five. Yeah, well, it's one of them. They they have improved, and they're probably a bit unlucky to lose away at Shakhtar. Um, battered them in the first half, but just like that cutting edge. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Will makes some great points. I think that the the shot lines is definitely something to look at. Um, but I will kind of take him up a bit on the the fact that Atletico were 
on the ropes against Salzburger. I think it was quite the opposite when I when I was watching the game. I th- they only gave away one big chance. So a big chance is a, a basically a chance that equates to over 0.35 expected goals, and it was just that Shabasolai uh, shot that just went wide. And um, apart from that, they did concede what 18 shots, as you said, but. Usually, if a team concedes 18 shots, they're giving away around 2.5 expected goals, probably. Um, They gave away just 1.2 expected goals. And kind of on the eye test, they're more than happy to let teams have shots because they they know that their shape means that they're going to get the blocks in. Uh, Plenty of bodies behind the ball. They cut off the angles, um, show them wide, and they're nice and compact, so... I think that they do that kind of as part of the game plan. They're happy to take on shots um, just as long as they're not big opportunities. And that's kind of reflected in the data as well in La Liga, giving away just 0.72 expected goals per game. Um, That's the second best in the league, just behind Sociedad, uh, which is kind of what we've come to expect from Atletico. I think that their expected goals against figures are probably below one for about five years or so now. Um, and they've looked de- half-decent going forward too, with Shao Felix, Carrasco's back, who gives them a bit more of an edge in the final third. Um, Marcus Llorente is popping up with a few goals and getting involved too. And of course, Suarez back as well. Um, of And did look a bit knackered, Suarez. Uh, did come off in that game. Hopefully that he'll be fit enough to start this. I think he'll be bang up for it. And yeah, I'm kind of following the, the kind of MO that we did with the Barcelona Atletico game, which is Atletico Madrid double chance and under four goals on the bet builder. That pays just under even money with bet 365 around 1.96. And yeah, I, I don't see any reason to go against that. Um, if you just kind of look at how often it lands for them. Um, you'd be making a lot of money if you're backing it every single week, even in these big games. Um, it's landed in 11 of 15 this season, including all of the last six. Uh, Atleti have kept coin sheets in six of the last seven as well. Um, they've given away just 10 expected goals compared to 16 for Real Madrid. And their expected goals ratio is around 9% better than Real Madrid. So, yeah, I can't be having Real as pretty short price favourites here. I appreciate that they've got Ramos back, but um, I think really Zidane's not going to be heartbroken with a draw here. Um, He will see Atleti as a a genuine contender. I mean, the prices are reflecting that now. They're deservedly top of the league. Um, And they're kind of leaving Real and Barca in, in the trail. And I think that Whenever Real and Barca are favourites against Atleti, I'm more than inclined to get against them. And yeah, it's no different here. Uh, unbeaten in La Liga 2 at the minute, Atleti, 1 8, drawn 2. So th- there's plenty Unbeaten's to get behind. February in, in La Liga, 26 games. <laughs> Bloody hell, yeah. Well, yeah, if you, if you want to go back to that, and it's kind of shown that the players that they did bring in last summer, the likes of Jao Felix, um, Trippier, etc., that they've really bedded in now. They know what's expected of them. I, I was impressed with the defensive side of the game from Joao Felix the other day as well. Really really buying into that team ethos and kind of defend as a unit, as a collective. And that's what they're kind of famed for. And it, it makes it really hard for opposition teams to break down. And yeah, I, I'd prob- probably fancy them a bit uh, on the Asian handicap, plus a quarter. Um, I don't mind that either, but here we're not really expecting many goals like you said, Mark, and I'd rather get the draw firmly on side as well because um, I wouldn't be surprised by a 0-0 or a 1-1. So Atletico double chance and under four goals around even money looks like a a great bet Um, landed for us, of course, against Barcelona. And the the other game, I mean, the other market that I'm going to go into is the shots market yet again. Um, player that's stood out for me this season is uh, Urente, who I did mention earlier. Um, he kind of played as a second striker for quite a bit last season and managed quite a few shots, obviously, scored at Anfield. 
in that game uh, where they knocked Liverpool out. I thought that they were very good. There, he he kind of stood out and he's been popping up with shots this season, quite a few as well. He's had two or more shots in three of his last four league games and four of his six Champions League games he's had two or more shots too. Um, likes to come in off off that side. Obviously, Simeone kind of plays him as one of the. Um, you can't really call them wingers. They're like inverted wingers, I guess. Um, the more advanced of the four central midfielders, and uh, it kind of gives them a bit more freedom than the like of the likes of Saul and Koke. Um So he he's kind of banked on to get involved with the attack and help Suarez if the ball's sticking up to him. He'll be laying it off to the likes of Llorente, who loves a dig. Um, so, yeah, I really like him to have two or more shots here. It, uh, odds against with Betfair. Uh, it's the same price, 11 to 10, with Coral as well. So, um, you've got a few bookies if one one of the prices uh, kind of does get cut in. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a, a nice kind of alternative angle. Um, just a player that I've been really impressed by this season and I do think that Atleti can get a result here. So Atletico double chance under four goals at evens. And Marcus Llorente, two or more shots at odds against so my two players for this one. Nice one. Shots fired by the guys. Uh, Will on Real Madrid shots, Marcus Llorente shots for Tom, as well as a Atleti double chance under, under four goals, which has served him quite well. Uh, now, before we do get into the good stuff, just another plea from our side, really, that if you do enjoy the analysis, the insight and the research that the guys bring to the table, please do share the podcast socially. It makes a huge difference to us uh, and means a huge amount too. Uh, we'd be eternally grateful to have your support to try and grow our listenership. Uh, last weekend was a, a really good number for us and we'd hope to try and improve on it again this time around. So any support, any retweeting, any sharing, hugely appreciative. Thank you very much uh, but now let's get into the, the sort of business end of the show uh, we're going to go through the naps the next bests and the long shots starting in reverse order and we'll go back to will for his long shot a bet at seven to two or larger yeah uh again heading to a bolton game for something you can probably predict uh <laughs> bolton yeah um i mean last weekend was an absolute shock uh 6-3 defeat to port vale but um Although a few people, and I think Tom included, have pointed out that they fancied Vale preseason, and maybe maybe that's the start of something special for them. But uh, Owen Doyle bagged again, um, and I tipped that up uh, 15 to eight, and he scored in the last two times um, we've mentioned him on the podcast. And this time you can get around uh, 23 to 10 on him to score any time. He now has five in his last five, um, and yeah, I mean he's being supported by a team that are. Uh, be a fairly consistent in their lineup. The only plus, uh, player that is now out is uh, Andrew Tutt in midfield. Um, so the lineup otherwise has been the same in the last five games in a row. Tutt's uh, injured till Boxing Day. Um, but And they're up against this weekend uh, a Walsall side who are going quite well in mid-table. Um, prior to last weekend's win, though, they were, they were winless in six outings. So it's not all plain sailing but on the on the xg or the expected points wise but also are um, predicted really to be around 10th whereas bolton is uh, 18th um we have mentioned in in recent podcasts though that 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 kind of um expected points tally really is quite heavily impacted by the the poor start and now is even more uh, skewed really by that 6-3 defeat against vale I looked up kind of, you know, what happened with the, them shipping six last weekend and uh, the, the Bolton bossy and Everett said he, he's learned a lot of um, learned a lot from last weekend for his side were really complacent. They tried to play too expan- expansive and got found out really. And so you might expect a, a bit of a safer game in response to that. Um, just to try and, you know, um, not leave such a, a defence which played really badly, quite exposed um, again. But having said that, Ever actually said that he felt it was the best he'd seen his play, his, his side um, play going forward, um, which is interesting. Obviously, they did score three. Um, and I think I just come back to, to Doyle's um, prolificity um, at this level. And he's now, he's. I mean, last season, the, the goal tallies were ridiculous. He scored two or more goals on no less than seven occasions last season in League Two. Um, he's hit form now. He's clearly got 
players around him that are that they're working well together, a bit of chemistry going. Um, and he's 16 to one to score two or more goals in this tie with Walsall. Walsall have been fairly solid. Solid. They've only conceded 18 goals in 16 games. We've just talked about XG wise, so I think that's quite a large contributor to that. They're quite low scoring or low low effect, low um, kind of goals for goals against kind of side. Um, and there's only five times this season that they've been breached twice, but it's a long shot for a reason. Um, and yeah, I really fancy Doyle to score two or more. I mean, I think at the 23 to 10 for him to score any time is a fantastic bet, but obviously to get a little bit more juice out of that, I'll, I'll go for him to score a brace at 16 to one. That's available at Sky Bet, William Hill and Bet Victor. Nice one. Tried and trusted formula for Will going towards Owen Doyle and Bolton. Uh, over to you then, Tom, for your long shot. Yeah, I'm going to go to the early kickoff on Saturday in the Premier League. That's Wolves against Aston Villa. Um, bit of a local game, this. And I think that the the card market could be of interest here when we've got Mike Dean in charge of, kind of well, I'm not sure if you could call it a local derby, but uh, more so than most games. And it's Kind of a uh, a thread that I've followed for the last couple of years, really, and that's to look at players who are going to be up against Adama Traore and up against Jack Grealish and uh, get them on to be carded. Um, and it's proven pretty profitable, to be honest. And uh, just looking at the potential formations of this, you're kind of second guessing a little bit. I know that Nuno's gone back to. Kind of a 4-3-3. He's brought Den Donker in as a right-sided central midfielder. Uh, and Neves and Moutinho next to him. And then they're going with the three up top. Um, I, I think that he'll probably stay with that. Um, just try and pack that midfield out just so Grealish doesn't get a run at the defence. And um, Den Donker's likely to be the one who's going to be closest to him. And that does make a quite a bit of interest to me just because Dendonk actually ranks as the player who commits the most fouls for Wolves this season. It's only been booked once, strangely, um, but kind of that's variance that will come back and uh, he will get booked at some point soon. Uh, I'd rather back someone who's committing more fouls than someone who's not. So, yeah, I think that he's a decent price. He's 4-1 to one to be carded any time. And if he's having to deal with Grealish, who's the most fouled player in the entire league, picking up 4.4 fouls per game, Grealish. Quite incredible stats, that. And um, it was pretty similar last season, to be honest. I think he was in the top top two or three for being fouled. Um, he'll be in the, the ear of the official as well. And then looking who Adama's going to be up against, and it's... The player we, we notified the other week, uh, Matt Target, who's likely to be a left-back up against Triare. Uh, we put him up to be carded against Brighton when he was up against Tariq Lamptey. Uh, another player who picks up plenty of fouls, a powerful runner. And um, pretty similar, really, to Dharma. And Target just can't cope with these uh, kind of wingers. So if you put them both in a double... Uh, it actually comes out 28 to 1, which is a really nice price for, for a, a double of two players who are going to be up against probably the two most dangerous players in the league. Um, with a decent ref in uh, in Mike Dean. Um, Dean's given 3, 3, 6, 1, 9 and 5 in his last six games. Um, given two, two cards to each team in his last three as well, so... He's kind of coming back into form, uh, is Mike. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to get a double on two players here. Um, I mean, Target himself has been carded in three of nine this season. So um, the likelihood of him getting carded against the Dam is quite high for me. And he's around nine to two. Yeah, so 28 to one double, bit of a bit of a swinger, but um, we'll be laughing if it does cop and. I, I think that it could even be around half the price elsewhere. So, yeah, it looks like a cracking angle, that, for the Wolves-Villa game on Saturday. Yeah, strong case. Well made. I'll be having a few quid on that when we get off the show, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the next best. Stay with you, Tom, for your, your next best. It's not your nap, it's your next best. 
Yeah, and it's in a league that I've kind of ran away from um, as fast as I can this season, and that's the championship, which has been pretty dire. Um, it's been awful for goals backers. Um, I think we were t- speaking earlier, Mark, and um, was it 33% of games have gone under one and a half goals? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's dreadful. I mean, uh, the French second division gets famed for uh, low-scoring dour games. I think that um, they're, sh- they're even showing up the English Championship this season. And, yeah, it's, it's not really a league I look to get in, especially with the erratic nature of both sides as well. I mean, pretty much every team that's coming up against each other are decent prices. But there's two teams that I've kind of kept tabs on for, from a ghost perspective, and they actually meet this weekend, and that's Blackburn and Norwich. Uh, and I like over two and a half goals at five to six with Bet Victor. Um, it actually comes up as four to five if you just take over 2.5 goals, but if you just scroll down to the Asian goal line and back over 2.5, it's 1.83, so that's 5 to 6. So you're getting a bit more uh, bang for your buck there. Always worth checking these, by the way. Uh, you'll probably get a better price on the Asian goal line more often than not. And that looks like a really good angle um, because Blackburn have been brilliant going forward this season. I really like what they've got in the front Free Harvey Elliott's looking brilliant uh, for someone who's so young. Ben Brereton as well, who came in from Forest. I can't believe Forest let him go. Um, he, he was kind of in and around the England uh, youth squads, I think, as well. And uh, Blackburn paid quite a bit to bring him in. Uh, he's coming into decent form now. Obviously, Adam Armstrong up front is probably my favourite player in the league. Off the shoulder. And then they've got the likes of Tyrese Dolan and Sam Gallagher who can come in and, and show them that they've chipped in with goals and assists themselves. Bradley Johnson pulling the strings in midfield as well, getting a lot of rave reviews. So really like what I've seen from Blackburn. Uh, they actually rank as the second highest team for shots per game at around 15, which is really strong. And uh, guess who are top? Okay, so at top of the most shots in the league, um, yeah, Norwich. Yeah, so it's a meeting of two of the most shot-heavy sides in the division. Norwich are averaging sixteen point five per game, which is incredible. Um, so I'm expecting it to be pretty end-to-end, and um, overs has copped in sixty-five percent of Blackburn games this season. Over three and a half has copped in forty-seven percent of their games too. Um, and they're coming up against a side who are, who are scoring for fun at the minute. And they've got players back as well of the Canaries. They've got Pookie back. Buendia also played the other day. Cantwell came off the bench. Kieran Dowell, uh, Jordan Hugo were both on the bench too. So that kind of mini injury crisis has, has kind of waned for Norwich and Daniel Farker, which will be even better for goals based backers. And yeah. The only real reason that this is priced at five to six, I think, is because of the low scoring nature of the championship. Incredibly, only four championship sides this season are seeing uh, at least half of the games go over two and a half goals. Um, so <laughs> you're seeing the, how how often under two and a half is landing in the majority of other teams' games. But even Norwich against Forest, who are probably the most dour side in the division. Uh, ended up with over two and a half midweek and Blackburn will be looking for a response after that 1-0 loss against Bristol City uh, hammered in the shots so again it was a game that should have had at least three goals in looking at the stats so yeah I'm expecting a bit of a shootout at Ewood Park should be a fun watch I expect both sides to score and I expect there to be two or three uh, three or four goals even I, I would be looking at over three and a half at over two to one as well but to get 5-6 to six or 1.83 on over two and a half goals looks like a, a real standout to me this weekend. Nice one. Uh, Will, over to you for your next best. Yeah, uh, we we may have lost the nap last weekend, but the next best in Real Madrid, uh, be in Sevilla, came in. And, and I think if by, by my calculations, this would be six in a row if I can pull this Oof. one off. So let's see. No pressure. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm heading to a League One tie between Peterborough and Rochdale. Um, Peterborough have hit a, a real rough patch. They lost four of their last five. Um, but it has been, it's been quite a tough run of fixtures with Portsmouth, Crew, Blackpool and Wimbledon, the, the defeats. Um, all of those sides are in 14th or above, although to be fair, three of them are quite mid-table. Um, but basically reading up, only really the 2-0 loss to Pompey was a sound defeat. And a lot of it was to do with a bit of a change in formation because of the both of their wingbacks being missing. Um, and they should both return this weekend. So Nathan Thompson, who was playing uh, left back uh, the weekend uh, to, against Pompey, should be pulled back to the bench. And then they'll move to like a back three Um and then put uh, Dan Butler and Ryan Broom back on on the wings for for Posh, um, and hopefully, well, I mean, I'm thinking that that will return to. I mean, obviously, the bad form that has happened while this formation has been running too. But um, I mean, kind of looking at the data, it does support uh, Posh being the better side. Um, on average, in League One, 63% of League One goals are coming from open play. Uh, for Rochdale, this is 66%, um, as well as the same for Peterborough. Um, but it's quite worrying for for Rochdale that uh, over 70% of their goals conceded are coming from open play. So with Peterborough kind of being an over slightly over-indexing for open play ability as well, from especially from sort of a wing-back kind of formation, I think that Posh could have, um, sorry, with Rochdale, yeah, being uh, the conceders to that. I think Posh could have a bit of joy um, if a, with a return to that formation. And last season, this fixture ended 6-0 um, to Posh. There have been some outgoings since then. Obviously, Ivan Tony and Marcus Madison. Tony doing really well at, um, at Brentford. Um, but the replacements in uh, Johnson, Clark Harris and Siriki Dembele have both been not on the, maybe not on the same level, but they're doing very well. They've, they've, got, they've come straight in and scored goals already. Um, and the rest of the bulk or the spine of the squad kind of remains the same uh, through the defence and then the centre center of midfield. And Dara McAntony, who I think he, he's a bit, a bit of a character, is on some podcasts around Posh quite a lot. It kind of maybe interferes a bit slightly with, with, the, with the team. But um, he has backed Darren Ferguson through this because I think questions have been raised about this form in the four of the last five defeats. But saying he's one of the, he's got one of the safest jobs in football, and I think it might maybe not the prices that have overreacted necessarily. But before this run, they had won nine of ten games, and they were looking very good things for probably title contenders. Well, they could they could easily still be title contenders, but. Um, I just I quite like the price on um, Peterborough, although it is dropping a little bit. They opened at eight to thirteen to win. Um, if we looked at this preseason, we were looking at so a team that was expected to be in the top three versus a team expected to be in the bottom three. Um, it is now shortened into eleven to twenty for Peterborough win. Um, but you can get uh, just shy of ten to eleven on Peterborough um, minus one on the Asian handicap. So if they win by one, we get our money back, win by more than one, a full stakes pair. And I mean, with Dale, they, they had uh, been expected to struggle, as we said. They started off poorly with just one in their, one win in the, la- in the first six, but recorded back-to-back victories against Burton and Shrewsbury. They've only got four victories to their names, but those two are both in the bottom, uh, both in relegation spots. And their other win just came recently. It was a, was a bit of a counter, 4-0 against Plymouth. But Plymouth are the are the the worst form side in the league at the moment. Um, maybe not whipping boys, but it's kind of a I think a result of that. Um, and I, I won't pretend to know too much about the setup at Dale, but I know that they obviously last season they lost club legend Ian Henderson, who had been their top scorer in all of the last six seasons. He's gone to Salford. Um, and that just pulls a huge chunk of their go- uh, their goal tally out. Um, their current top scorer this season is Matthew Lund from midfield. Um, so they they really need a forward to start firing for them. Or if they're going to stop this kind of rot of of recent season finishes, they've been 20th, 16th and 18th in their last three seasons. Um, and obviously, I was going to actually check in with you, Mark, because we'll have fans back at, at Peter Bread. Did you manage to get your analysis done on uh, <laughs> pre and post 2K fans? 
No, I haven't. I was hoping someone had done the work for me, but uh, I'm going to leave it probably another week or two before I start sort of digging into the the data to see if there's been any difference. I just wanted to see how teams have performed um, in terms of, sort of points per game average uh, without without supporters and then compare it to how they performed with their first bat, first game back with fans in the stadium. But, uh, you know, apologies. I've been a bit too lazy in that regard. <laughs> no worries. I mean, I, let's see. But I think that it could help them spur them on and reverse this poor form. They did have them back in midweek with a, a win in the in the Papa John trophy, 3-0, but it was only over uh, under-21 side with nine changes, so it's pretty irrelevant, really. But I, I, I get the feeling that this will just be a return to form, really, um, or return to season predictions or expectations, really, and, and Peterborough will kick on back to winning ways uh, with a return to a decent formation and up against a team which they can they can get at. So minus one Asian handicap at uh, just shy of 10 to 11 with Bet Victor. Nice one. The two guys dipping into the EFL for the next bests. Um, but now the best part of the show is the naps. Back to you, Tom, for your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go into a, a slightly different market, probably one that you've not heard that much. Um, and it's coming in the Friday night game, actually, the Leeds versus West Ham fixture. Um, and I noticed that you could get West Ham to have over 1.5 offsides in the match at uh, if you go under the specials tab and scroll down, team offsides, West Ham at even money just to get two or more. And it really did stand out to me, just kind of from what I've seen from both sides this season, how they're likely to set up. Um, I'm expecting Leeds to have at least 65% possession here, um, probably pinning West Ham in. But David Moyes has been quite candid in saying that he doesn't care if they don't have the ball as long as they're effective when they do have it. And they've been playing this five at the back and two holding in two check. And it's worked really well for them. They've been decent enough. To, and they've got the players on the break who, who have caused the opposition quite a few problems. And I think that they're going to do exactly the same here. Probably go, try to go back to front quite quick. They'll try draw leads out and then hit them on the break just like Leicester did um, at Elland uh, Road, which ended, I think they ended 4-1 that. Um, so, yeah, I think that we're probably a little bit big in this game to win. I think that they could frustrate Leeds and um, kind of get at their defence, which is quite slow, um, especially now that Robin Cock is out injured. Urente came on um, for him. He's out as well. So it's likely to be Luke Irwin partnering Liam Cooper um, at the back at centre-half. And the kind of player with whoever's going to be playing as the full-backs are pretty much playing as wingers. They can get left in kind of three versus three situations quite a bit. And um, just given how high their line will be here, I think that the offsides could come into play for West Ham um, with the likes of Bowen, who will probably look to get in behind one of the best players in the championship last season at getting in behind defences and uh, finishing one-on-one. They'll try to get him into that situation quite a bit. And Leeds games have seen an awful lot of offsides this season, interestingly. Uh, 4.73 per game on average. Um, sorry, that's for uh, for West Ham games, sorry, 4.73. And around 3.64 for Leeds. Uh, so I'm expecting quite a few offsides here, and given the way that the game's probably going to play out, I'd rather back West Ham to have over 1.5 offsides than Leeds to have over 2.5 offsides, which is the same price. Um, West Ham have been offside two or more times in 8 of 11 this season. Uh, they've been offside in, uh, three times in 4 of 11 too, um, which is interesting. And I just think that given that Leeds against them, they've seen 2-2-3, two, 2-1, two, 2-2-1. Two, 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 so it's landed in the majority of their games against them too. So to get even money, I'm really surprised that um, I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds managed to get a few offsides given the way that they try to jink their way around the box when teams do set up in a low block. Um, they do try and get onto the kind of fine margins and 
Uh, you can get 1.7 on Virgin Bet for over 3.5 match offsides, which also looks like a good angle because I expect Leeds to get two as well here. But I think the values with West Ham and how I think that this game is going to play out. Um, I kind of bat Brighton offsides against Southampton, another team that play with a high line, and that came in before half time. So hopefully something quite similar in this game. So a niche market, you're probably not going to hear it elsewhere. But I think that even money's a cracking bet, so I'm getting involved with that on Friday night. Yeah, you've done well with the offside bets recently, and you've made a very strong case there for your nap too. But uh, let's move over to Will now for your favourite fancy of the weekend. Yeah, sure. Um, going to Palace v Spurs, which could be um, a game with two two very similar style teams of late. Um, but regardless of how this uh, how they approach it, I feel like the the quality will shine through on the on the Spurs side. Um, victory not required for Spurs in the Europa League tonight. Um, although it is required if they want to win the group. But, um, so they're, they're, they're expected to rest. I think the lineups might be out right now, but I don't can't see them. But expected yeah, to rest are. with you. Yeah, so Joe Hart, Tanganga, Deli Ali, we're all expected to start. Um, it's a rest and rotate again, and this time obviously at home as well. So, so less of a worry really with the Europa League front this week um, for them. Um, and yeah, th- this game will test both teams' ability to adapt styles, I feel. You, I really... I don't think Palace will be able to uh, play any other way. They just they don't really have the ability in midfield to play through the lines. Um, they're just very good at transitioning quickly. Um, Spurs, on the other hand, they've shown themselves to be more effective than, than even Palace are at that game um, in, of late. And we'll, we'll probably, I expect, will be we'll just they'll probably stand off for each other for a little while in this match. But but Spurs will be given um, the dictate to dictate play really. Um, and yeah, I mean, last weekend Palace obviously had their biggest ever top flight win, but it was against the Baggies and it was for a dodgy red card for Matthews Pereira in the first half. But even and Ben Teke managed to bag a double, which which sort of melted my heart a little for him. Um, and uh, I was considering in this tie the the Spurs shot counts um, as well, just because you get the feeling that it could be a bit of a flurry at overpriced quotes, cons- like um, because you probably expect that. Uh, shot lines would be quite low for, for Spurs considering that they've only had six against Arsenal only five against Chelsea and over four against City so if if prices were built built off that um, uh, then you'd probably expect that Spurs would be backable on that but uh, unfortunately not doesn't really seem to be the case that despite this um, these really low counts that they've had the prices don't seem to be reflective of that it's 14 or more Spurs shots is 11 to 10 at Skybet uh, which is one I feel could go either way, really. Um, there's been games where they're averaging 13.3 uh, in the league conceded Palace, which is the fifth most. Um, and Spurs are, Spurs have had occasions where they've kind of had a load. They had 19 against West Brom, 22 against United, 23 against Newcastle. But then they've also thrown in, in bogey kind of performances or, or games when they've just held on to to a 1-0 victory or something where uh, they only had nine against Brighton, Burnley and and 11 against West Ham. So, so unfortunately I wanted to kind of come at it from that angle, but it doesn't really seem doable at that line. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow, they they kind of absolutely blasted through that. Um, Kane to have an assist. We had that last week at a lovely 11 to two price, which came in in the first half. And I think a fair few people might've also been on that. Return the favour, Sky Bet, uh, fifty to one shout. So, um, not that I mentioned it, but um, yeah, that winning in the first half was crazy, really. And unfortunately, though, this weekend only eleven to four for a Kane assist. So that angle seems to have dried up. Um, although you could argue that would still be value considering he now has ten for the season. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, regardless of shot counts, it seems Spurs are the most efficient kind of engine in the league, really. They, across across 10 leagues for XG that I've looked at, they have the, the best, uh, the only Leipzig and Rangers have a better XG ratio than them, at sort of just shy of 74% um, ratio in terms of goals expected versus goals conceded. So um, huge, huge chance on, on that front compared to Palace, who are around 16th uh, in the league for for that kind of metric. Um, 
since Roy took over in late 2017. He's lost five of six Premier League ties against Spurs, although only one of those has been Mourinho at the helm. I would say, obviously, with Palace, is it Eberechieze is looking like he's having a great impact. I just hope he's not very stifled too much by the style. He's probably not going to get as many opportunities on the ball um, as he did against West Brom. That's not going to come around too often um, for him, unfortunately. Um, and just on a side note as well, luckily for, for listeners, no uh, Serge Aurier, so you don't have to put up with me <laughs> tipping him against the ball occasion. Um, but I, I like Spurs at, at three to four um, with William Hill. It's a bit shorter than my usual naps, but I mean, I, I think that they're uh, a really solid team at this at this point. And, and Palace, um, although do have the tools to hurt teams, I don't think that they'll be given the opportunity by Spurs, who know all too well about how to hurt teams in the same kind of strategy. So... Uh, yeah, three to four on Spurs to win is my is my nap. Good stuff. Okay. Um, unless there's any other business to share, which I'll show them, I'll open the floor up to you now. Both um, any bets you want to mention that you haven't already mentioned? I'll just go quickly again. Um, I quite liked um, Rosenborg. Just managed to get a 95th minute winner tonight while we've been recording this, um, uh, which has been which basically they were looking at quite a threat of uh, getting knocked out of. Uh, the qualify not getting knocked out, but they're not qualifying for the Europa League for next season, um, which would be a, a massive shock. Um, but they managed the one 0 win over Mjondalen just now. But they're facing Molder on Sunday, who've won three of the last four meetings and have been far superior to them this season. Um, Molder obviously currently playing a huge tie against Vienna. They're winning that two one. They only need a draw to qualify for the round of thirty two, which is a great achievement for them. But looking at the league. Obviously, nothing to play for for Mulder. Quite a lot to play for for Rosenborg, but they've been awful. They've this in the in the last few weeks. They prior to tonight, they'd lost their last four. Um, and I think Mulder at nineteen to ten to beat them is is a bit of a bit of a high high price um, in the elite Syrian on Sunday. And then my main one um, is PSG Leon. It's not priced up, but I really like a red card here. If it's three to one or greater. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be back in that. It's Bastien with the whistle. He's the fifth highest red cards per game in of 23 active league, league on refs. Um, so he's 0.31 per game. So just, just shy of one in three. And there's been a red in four of the last seven um, meetings between these two. Um, in France, there's, there's no observed change in the fouls per card ratio. So that's how many fouls do we need per card. The currently that this season, it's a, uh, so it's 5.68. So there's there's on average 27 fouls per game in a league on match. Um, and of those getting sort of a card every five, just shy of six, um, which is, if anything, it's that ratio has gone down, whereas which is the opposite of the Premier League and Championship. Um, they've increased quite considerably, really, in, in, those, in some leagues, um, which try to understand the, the kind of what's causing that. Um, obviously, both leagues have had no fans, but yeah, in the Premier League and Championships, increased from around around the same mark of, of six fouls per card, although less fouls are given in uh, in the English leagues. Um, so you see overall less less cards. Um, but that six, that kind of average of six fouls per card, has gone up to almost eight fouls per card in in Premier League and Championship this season. So strange strange thing going on there, but it seems to be that. I think if you want to back cards and red cards, you definitely want to be looking away from the Premier League and the Championship at the moment and looking more towards something like League Un. League un. So three to one or more for a red card. Nice. Yeah, um, just a couple from me. I think that the um, sticking with the French theme, actually, I'm going to go to the Nice versus Ron game. Um, on Sunday midday, I like the look of both teams to score, which is priced up at um, thirteen to fifteen best price with red zone. Um, it's generally around five to six, um, but the best price one point eight seven that works out. At. I think that that's very nice. Uh, nice have been brilliant for BTTS backers, especially at the uh, Allianz Riviera. Really strong. Uh, BTTS copped in six of seven at home. 
Thornis and 70% of Ren games this season have seen BTTS land too. Uh, both were involved midweek in pretty meaningless games. Neither have gone through in the Champions League or the Europa League, which will be disappointing. So I'm presuming a lot of the players will have been rested. Um, and also last season, BTTS actually landed in 13 of 15 Nice home games. So really strong record um, with them at home. And yeah, I just can't really trust either defence at the minute. So BTTS, uh, um, anything above kind of 1.8 looks like a really nice way in. And just on um, my team, Bradford, we're away at Oldham. Um, it seems like we play Oldham every single week. We've already played them twice, um, if not three times um, this season in the various cups. Uh, we've lost every game against them. They've looked really good as well with Oldham. Um, just real quality in forward areas with Danny Rowe holding it up. Um, and then the likes of McElhenney running off him. Uh, Bobby Grant, who can come in as well. Uh, McCalmont, who's on loan from Leeds, has looked really good in the central uh, midfield role that he's played. Uh, McElhenney and McCalmont were both rested in midweek as well. And they they should have too much for Bradford. And I can't believe that they're around 6-4 um, to four to win. Um, and you can actually get them 4-5 to five with Bet365 and Skybet on the draw no bet. I think that that looks like a, a nice way in because I cannot see for the life of us that Bradford are going to get anything from this game. Um, we're still waiting on the fitness of the likes of Billy Clark, who's probably our best player this season. Um, he's been ruled out by Stuart McCall. Lee Novak could be back, but he's not going to be at 100%. Um, Levi Sutton could also be out. Reece Staunton, our best centre-half, is also ruled out. And um, we, we had zero shots on target um, in the last home game as well. Just have absolutely nothing up front. The players look knackered. Um, it, it's not really a good time to be a Bradford fan. And Oldham absolutely outplayed us in both games that they've played against us. And... In the FA Cup, they, they should have beaten us by four or five goals. Even McCall said that. So, yeah, I think Oldham are a great price this weekend. But to get them drawn or bet at four to five looks um, like... I'd be very, very surprised if you lost your money there and Bradford ended up with three points. Not a good time to be a Bradford fan unless you oppose them and start making some money, as Tom <laughs> is. So, yeah. every line, every cloud, I should say. But... Um, <laughs> Let's wrap it up, guys, because we have run on a little bit this week. But uh, thank you very much for your time, your efforts and your research and analysis. As always, excellent stuff. Really enjoyed listening to it all. And thank you, guys, the listeners, too, for listening and giving us support and sharing the podcast. It's very much appreciated. We'll be back again this time next week. But uh, in this time, thanks very much for you and your efforts, Tom. Cheers, mate. Uh, thanks as well for your time and efforts as well, Will. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Good stuff. This has been the We Love Betting Weekend preview podcast. Cheers. Chat soon.